Greetings, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfarer podcast on this Wayfarer weekend. I'm Tom Vanderwell. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Wayfarer weekend podcast. Uh, real quick, housekeeping. Uh, first of all, a little update uh, for those of you who know that have uh, been recovering from COVID and that it kind of ran its way through my family. Thank you uh, for those of you who have reached out with encouragement, thoughts, prayers. Appreciate that very much. Um, yeah, everybody seems to be over it. Uh, I'm still got a little, got a little, uh, crud in my chest and really fatigued. That's probably the number one symptom that I had is just, I had getting my energy back. And I've heard that from a lot of other people that have been through it, but relatively mild symptoms all told. And so very, very thankful and grateful for that. Our kids are still with us. Uh, they are hoping to fly back to the UK, which is their home here in another week or so. But we'll see. They have to have uh, all negative uh, COVID tests before that can happen. So thank you also for those of you who've uh, been praying for their schedule and safe return. Appreciate that. Uh when are the next messages coming up? Actually, for my Pella peeps, if you are in the area, I'm actually going to be preaching in the Third Church Auditorium tomorrow at 9.15, and then again in the auditorium at 9.15 a.m. on February 21st. If you go to TomVanderall.com, there's a page, Upcoming Messages, right up the top. Just click on that, and I try and list all of the dates that I am scheduled. And of course, on the Messages tab, I try and post any audio or video for what it's worth, if anybody is interested in that. Our chapter day journey continues each weekday, still working our way through the Psalms. We're getting there. Just have about 45 more to go or so, so we'll be in it for a couple more months. And as always... The uh, podcast and the blog posts, the chapter eight blog posts, feel free to share with anyone that you think might enjoy it or benefit from it. And again, thanks for stopping by. So today on Wayfarer Weekend, we're going to talk about the fact that today, January 30th, 2021, I am 20,000 days old today. Now, I did a series of three podcasts about time here a while back, and today's podcast could very well be time part four. And I foreshadowed this podcast actually in my chapter day post on, I think it was back on December 30th, and again this week, because I've got two milestones actually that are landing within a week. One is today, my 20,000th day on this earth, and then next week, I'll celebrate 40 years since I made a decision to become a follower of Jesus. So that's two milestones. And I just think it's fascinating that these two milestones kind of coming uh, and converging within one week. And I don't want to read too much into it, but it certainly does give me pause to sit and think and contemplate, meditate, ponder a little bit. Uh, you know, what do these milestones mean? And why on earth would I count my days? I know it sounds weird, and, I, and every time I bring it up, I can kind of feel Wendy roll in her eyes, like, whatever. And just last night, my friend basically told me, who on earth would 
would know how many days they've been alive. Only you, Tom. Only Tom Bandwell would would know that. So let me tell you the story and back up a little bit. It the whole notion of numbering my days goes back to a lunch that I had with a gentleman who was my boss. I uh, had an after-school job in high school. And so he was my boss, but he was also my mentor. And he, on Tuesday mornings, we'd get together at his office at 6 a.m. and we would uh, get into the great story. And And he really uh, became a mentor to me and uh, taught me so much about my faith and life and business. And uh, ended up after college and uh, after launching my career, working for him again. And in fact, uh, I now run what used to be his company. So this goes back to somebody who had a profound impact on my life. And at the very sort of beginning of our relationship when I was in high school, I asked him to go to lunch because I wanted to ask him some questions. And one of the questions that I wanted to ask him about was time and about time management. Because I noticed that he was really, really diligent. I just observed it as I worked for him that he, you know, he had that cool little day timer binder with all of the printed pages with the calendar days and he had everything documented in there and he'd pull out his, his mechanical pencil and be checking his his schedule and his task list. And I just thought, man, I am not that organized at all. And so I wanted to ask him, well, what system do you use? What, tell me about this little binder thing that you have. And, and I, this is something that I could use. I am an incredibly right brain, the creative thinker. I'm not very linear at all. And so even to this day, I've gotten tremendously better at it and I have learned kind of what systems work for me but I'm constantly you know trying to hone that piece of my life simply because I am uh, a little bit more scattered and creative in in my thinking process but as we sat there at lunch and I asked him to tell me about time management and to teach me about this system that he uses and what my, my motivation was really like, no, I want to know the system. I want to know what that cool little binder is. I want to know where to buy one. I want to know how you use it, what systems you use, all the nuts and bolts. And what Chuck said to me was the first lesson is Psalm 90, verse 12, and you need to memorize it. Psalm 90, verse 12 says, teach me, Lord, to number my days aright that I might have a heart of wisdom or apply a heart of wisdom. And at the top of his little daytimer page was a number. And that's kind of how I got started because I asked him what that number was. And it was the number of his days. And so he encouraged me to memorize that verse to get out my calculator, <laughs> back then we didn't have the computer to easily find information for us, so I had to get a calendar and a calculator out and figure out my days. And that afternoon I figured it out and I began to just kind of keep track. Now, when I was younger and I actually had a day timer and an actual calendar and began using one to keep track of, uh, of my schedule, uh, I would actually write it just like Chuck had done at the top of the page. 
you know, since then, as I've gone later in life, I tend to just put it at the top of my journal. If you open any of my journal pages or my morning pages, you'll typically find a date and then the number of my days where I just kind of put it up there. So, but why on earth would you do that? Why is that a lesson? Why is that something you might want to, to pay attention to? Well, there's actually a handful of uh, places in the great story where it talks about the number of days. In fact, we all know it as a cliche of death, right? Yeah, when your number comes up, um, which is the illusion, the word picture there is like, hey, it's like the lottery. You just never know when your number is going to come up. But it's actually rooted in a couple of passages, um, one from the story of Job, uh, and in Job, the 14th chapter, it says, a person's days are determined. You, God, have decreed the number of his months and have set limits that he cannot exceed. So that was, again, the spiritual notion that there is a number of days that we are ascribed on this earth. And if you are a person of faith and you're a follower of Jesus, this is this is one of the concepts. Look, our God knows um, the number of our days. We don't know it, but God knows it. And there is a predetermined number of days, some would say. I'm sure there's a, there's a huge theological uh, conversation, uh, and I would, I'm sure we'd find people on both sides of that. But that's the... The notion from Job. In Psalm 39.4, it says, Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days to let me know how fleeting my life is. Then Psalm 90 verse 12, teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. And then Jeremiah in Lamentations was he was talking about the the coming of the persecution and the destruction of Jerusalem that happened in his lifetime. He said, our end was near, our days were numbered. Again, this illusion that there is a numbering of days. And in the book of Daniel, there's a story where the king Belshazzar, the Persian king, was having this feast, and all of a sudden, this hand appeared out of nowhere and wrote this cryptic message on the wall, which is where we get the phrase handwriting on the wall. But nobody could interpret the words. And so they said, who can, who can interpret this? Somebody said, hey, there's this guy named Daniel who back in the day was able to interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. So maybe call him and see if he knows what it is. And so they called Daniel in and Daniel basically says, well, here's what the words mean. And the, and the first word he says, what this means is God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. And that very night, the king dropped dead. So that's the, <laughs> the background, there are a handful, again, of these allusions to days being numbered. And obviously, 9012 just says to do so, to number your days, and that there's wisdom in doing so.
So I started numbering my days, and I, and very interestingly, later in life, um, this was something that my mentor and I would talk about as we traveled on business together. We would talk about the things that we have learned through the process of just kind of keeping track of how many days we're on earth. And he actually asked if at one point he said I, that he had somewhere, he had written it down that he wanted at his funeral, he wanted me to talk about the number numbering of days and the importance of that. And I share some of the things that he and I had talked about. And the, I, I'm sorry to say that our relationship uh, got strained a little bit later in life. And so I didn't get to do that. Didn't get to talk about days at his funeral. So on this 20,000th birthday, I'll share it with you. Um, what has numbering my days taught me? Number one, I've learned that this day is not promised to me, nor is tomorrow. There, I mean, there's no guarantees that I will make it through this day or that I will survive to see tomorrow. Now, there are averages, there are odds, but there are no assurances. And I have several specific examples of individuals that I've known whose journeys unexpectedly ended far sooner than the average or the odds would have dictated. I mean, I can remember just uh, a couple summers ago at my high school reunion, I had thought about some of the people from my class that I knew had died. Uh, I remember one, it was actually while we were in high school, young a uh, guy by the name of Alan was in an accident on his moped on his way to school and died. Which, when you're in high school and somebody in your class dies, it's just a weird feeling, isn't it? You just think, wow, you, you just feel immortal. You feel <laughs> eternal. You feel like life isn't going fast enough when you're in high school. You want to maybe move it on a little bit quicker. So the idea that your life could possibly end kind of rattles you and shakes you up. And I, and I had heard about a couple of other people who had passed from our class. And, and I thought, it, well, there's this table, kind of a memorial table that they had put up at the reunion. And so I went back there thinking that there were only, you know, two, three, four people. But it was a lot more than that. And there were a few people that I didn't know had passed away. And looking at the faces and the names and thinking through the memories, I was, I was a little shocked. Because even today, at you know, I'm 54, I'll be 55 here in, in April, um, you don't, you still feel young. You still feel like most people are not going to have their lives cut short. But that's just not true. And what was really sobering at that um, out of that reunion is that I made connection with somebody I didn't even recognize when I first saw him, but we had swam together, uh, on swim team when I was uh, a kid and swam competitively against each other. 
and we chatted at the reunion and just a couple of days later we found out that he was at a restaurant and eating and he choked and died and i it was just such a shock when the news spread uh on our facebook page our class's facebook page because we just all seen him and it's just weird but it's a good reminder sometimes i think it's important to uh, when i'm thinking about my days i don't know when my number comes up i don't know the number of my days but i do know that they are limited and i do believe that god knows how many they are and there is always the possibility that that this is the last one yeah again odds percentages but there's always that possibility and i think that it informs me to think about my day differently and to think about how precious life can be and how important things are. Yeah, I had another good friend a little bit later in life, a good friend. We'd get together every week for coffee. We kind of had our standing spot where we would we would drink coffee and, and have a donut. And it started just with really casual, get to know you kind of conversation. And then over a period of, uh, gosh, about a year or, or so, our conversations just got much deeper, much more intimate talking about family. And he's older than I was and um, had a family. I was married, but didn't have kids. And, and so we were at different places of life, but we started to have like really good, deep, intimate conversations. And then one day I get a call that uh, he and his wife had been visiting a friend in the hospital and on their way home they got hit by a drunk driver and Jim never woke up. So this day is not promised to me and there are no guarantees that I'm gonna see tomorrow. Now you can take that as, as as you know, sobering and pessimistic, and but I don't want to get too angsty about it. I mean, I am an Enneagram four, and we can we can get brooding and and pessimistic about things. It's just always a constant reminder when I write that day down in my journal to appreciate this day because I know it's not promised that I'm going to make it through. So, what would I do differently? So, number two. Number one is this day is not promised to me. Number two is yesterday is gone. One of my favorite plays, in the, and I've been in it twice, is the show Our Town by Thornton Wilder. And it's been produced, most people read it in English class back in the day. Um, it is still produced a lot. It is a essentially a, a great American play about a small town and a boy and a girl who are neighbors and fall in love. And there's a scene at the, towards the end where, where Emily, the uh, female protagonist passes away and she gets the opportunity to go back home 
to go back for one day. And she walks into her home and she she tries to get her mother to say, Mom, look at me. Look at me. And the mother's like, what are you talking about? Stop being so silly. And it's just a poignant, beautiful scene where Emily realizes that you can't go back. And if you could go back, there are things that you would do differently. There are things that you would appreciate more. But you can't do that. I can only do that in the moment. But yesterday is gone. There are no mulligans on the earthly journey. How I may have wasted and squandered my yesterdays will remain as will the consequences of my actions. Wallowing in shame is not going to change it. Being sorrowful is not going to change it. Nor will my perpetual attempts to pretend it didn't happen or somehow keep my mistakes, my failures, my foolishness hidden from others, which I think is, is silly because my story is hinges a lot on my failures. <laughs> and so why be afraid of that? I've made huge mistakes, but I hopefully have learned and gained wisdom from them. And I hope other people can learn from them as well. I can't go back and change it. Now I can go back and seek forgiveness. I can go back and be reconciled. If, if something is broken, I can um, try and mend um, and make up for maybe the mistakes that I've made. But it is gone. And living in sorrow and regret and shame is not going to change it. But I can change something about today. And I can change something about where I'm going. And that's the thing about the past is you think back to your days. I can't change that day. And I have in my experience and in my life journey, I'll have people that go, well, why even bring it up? You can't do anything about it. And there is a piece of that that is healthy because at some point we have to let go of the things that we cannot change in order that we move forward in a positive way. At the same time, if I ignore yesterday and refuse to embrace and accept that my actions of yesterday had consequences that inform my relationships and my reality this day, then that can be foolish as well. So it's trying to strike that balance of understanding I can't go back and change anything, but I can let what I have learned from it change today and my relationships today and how I am going to move forward with hopefully more wisdom and understanding. One, this day is not promised to me. Two, yesterday is gone. Can't go back. Three, this day is a clean slate that sits before me. I can do something positive today. I can make today count. My thoughts, my choices, my decisions, and actions today lay before me. And I can make them count. And they will reveal the fruit of my spirit. Uh, 
So what are my thoughts, my choices, my decisions, my actions? What am I doing with them? What am I going to do with them? Are, am I going to make good ones or bad ones, wise ones or foolish ones? Am I going to make something count today? Am I going to care about people more than things? Am I going to invest my time in things that, that really matter? When I write that number at the top of my journal, it's always, because I journal in the mornings, a lot of times I do um, morning pages, and so the days, it's quiet. I'm usually the first person up. I write that number on my journal, and the day lies before me. So as I write it down, it's like, what am I going to do with this day? Is it going to count or not? Is it going to be wasted or invested? Next. In light of that, with this day in front of me, wisdom is required each day to discern the right choices. There's this constant conflict between that which is desired and that which is necessary, that which is urgent and that which is important. I do a lot of coaching and mentoring professionally uh, for work. And I work a lot with people at different places in their careers and different companies that are clients of ours. And one of the things that I, I constantly find is that people aren't very mindful of the difference between that which is urgent and that which is important. So take today, for example, I just got done before I started this podcast, uh, analyzing a bunch of phone calls, uh, for clients. It is the grunt work of, of what our company does, analyzing phone calls, analyzing emails, analyzing chats, um, with an eye to how could we have improved the customer's experience. And it, it's tedious. Um, it's a kind of a rote process. But it has to be done, and when it's done well, it can transform a business. And yet, nobody really enjoys it. It's an, you know, it's an important task. And because I'm coming to the end of the month, it is there's a deadline, so it has to be done. And what I find is that a lot of companies struggle to do this whole quality thing well themselves because it's very easy for people to find something more urgent than sitting down and analyzing a bunch of phone calls. <laughs> there's, there's always another fire to put out. There's always a distraction to keep you away from it. And in any business, as with any life, this day is full of urgent things that make me feel like I, I've got to give my time and attention to it. And there are important things that may not be urgent, but if I, if I don't address them, if I don't do them, then things are going to suffer in the long run. Well, how do you determine what is urgent and what is important? That can be hard sometimes. I remember because I've always, uh, worked from home in this business. So for over 25 years, I've had a home office. And when, when my daughters were really young, 
uh, and would be sick and stay home from school. I was used to them going to school and there would be, you know, from 8.30, 9 o'clock to in the morning till, you know, 3, 3.30 in the afternoon. I kind of, that was my prime get work done time. And I remember one day that my daughter was sick and it happened to be the day that I had a counseling appointment. And, and I was just really frustrated and I got to my counseling appointment later that day and told my counselor just that, I, you know, it'd been a struggle day because I had urgent things that needed to be done for work, but I had a sick kid at home. And so I spent my morning just laying on the big chair under the blanket with my daughter who was sick and we watched little television and just cuddled with her and, and yeah, held her and we took a nap together on the, on the little recliner chair there. And my counselors looked at me just like going, I think you did the most meaningful and important thing you could have done today. And it was, as a young father and a, a young businessman, it was, a, it was an eye-opening moment for me where it's like, yeah, my whole brain and heart are focused on the urgent things of my day, not the important things. And I will never forget that day. So we're dealing with some of the same things right now. We have being in COVID quarantine with our grandson. And he's alone with these four adults. And again, when he's in quarantine, you know, there's a lot of passing him off back and forth while everyone else was trying to get things done. And Wendy and I have been very, very mindful that in all the inconveniences of being quarantined and being stuck in the same house with the, you know, the five of us for, for a couple of weeks, we are also getting a really important opportunity to spend time with family, to spend time with our grandson. And we are trying to make the most of it. And we are understanding that there are some things that are kind of falling off our plate right now, but that's not important. We want to make sure that we're investing in the things that are important right now. And when you number your days, it is a constant reminder that if this day, hey, if this is the last one, if my number is up or tomorrow isn't promised, I want to make sure that what I did today was important. Something that really mattered which usually involves somebody else. It usually involves a relationship, a loved one, investing in things that, that really matter. Number one, this day is not promised to me. Number two, yesterday is gone. Number three, this day is a clean slate. Number four, wisdom required to know that which is important versus that which is urgent. And then next... Time flies. I mean, that's what Psalm 39.4 said. 
teach me, Lord, the, the number of my days that I may know how fleeting my life is. Where have the days gone? 20,000 days. Have they counted for anything? If so, how many of them did I spend wisely and how many did I spend foolishly? What's this day going to be? So how are we celebrating 20,000 days? Actually, we're going out with friends tonight and celebrating Wendy's birthday, which was last month. And because we had family here and life is busy in the holidays, we didn't get a chance to celebrate her with our friends. And so we're going to celebrate her birthday. I'm not going to tell you the number of days or the number of years. I'll just leave that. I, I know better than that. I've got enough wisdom to know not to, yeah, she's, she's 29, I think. So we're going to do that and have some fun. So that's the plan, if that actually happens. But for right now, my friend, I want to wrap up this podcast by offering a blessing to you, and I hope that you will receive it. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. May the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Have a great week, my friend. Remember chapter day journey again on Monday. We pick it up with Psalm 106. Take care.